Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. If you have to mark out life-changing events in your life, becoming a parent would have to be one of them. You enter a new type of club, one full of adults not really knowing what they're doing, but caring greatly about how they do it. William McInnes is an actor and writer. Now his children are grown. He's turned his talents to writing about fatherhood, both memories of his own dad and his experience as a father. Hi, William. How Hello are there. You? How are you? Good, thank you. What's your most enduring memory of your own dad? My own father was a very large man, a very big, physically strong man, and he was uh, very loud. He, <laughs> he um, went at a million miles an hour. He always seemed to have something else to do when he was doing something. Um, uh, he was born in 1921, which is nearly 100 years ago, and he lived throughout the greater part of the 20th century, and he lived through a depression, fought throughout the entirety of the Second World War. Then he lived through the uncertainty of the post-World War II world, uh, the 50s, um, with its, you know, in Australia with its, uh, you know, everyone likes to think the, the 50s were a sort of a, a wonderful time when we collected great bits of memorabilia. It was the good old days. But there was a wool crisis. There was a split in the political party, a party that he supported. There was a, a financial uh, hardship. There was sectarianism. It was the last great burst of sectarianism in Australia. Uh, and he lived through all of that. Then the 60s and the 70s, through the consumerism of the 80s. And he never, ever lost uh, his sense of um, uh, generosity, of spirit. He, he and my mum were that generation. I mean, he always used to say that, you know, the best way to go about life, he said, I don't want to sound too Jesuit, but the best way to go about life is to have a red-hot crack at life but remember to give other people enough space so they can have a crack at life. And if there's anyone left behind, do your best to bring them along. And, you know, that generosity of spirit built the best part of Australia, I think. So he was, a, he, was a, he was a big, loud, funny guy who had a temper like, uh, like a skyrocket. Anyway, <laughs> the best thing about him, he'd always be yelling and sort of, he'd have this great thing where he would um, just be in a, on a Sunday too, you know, when he, you know... Always had to work. Always had something. I had to, I had to, I had to like that guy. I've got to fix that up. <laughs> and he'd be yelling and carrying on. And then he had this great saying of, you'd know. You'd know. You'd know. Or, you're right. The best one was, you're right. Because you'd open a window and he had this, he had the high business and he kept a lot of his equipment at home. You open a window and there's the old man two stories up painting a, you're right. What are you doing with your life? You're right. And then the next time he'd see you, he'd come around and give you a big hug and say, I love you. You're all right. Oh, wow. for, uh, for a man of his generation, I, that always struck me as odd. But I think my sister said he'd seen so much in his life uh, that he wanted to make uh, people he loved or he liked know they mattered to him. Mm. And did you take anything from him in the way that he parented when you had your own kids? Oh, well, he was a father of his generation. Like, you know, he never, he'd hardly ever come on holidays with us because he had to stay at home and mind the ranch, you know. Can't go, <laughs> beer and skittles, I've got to stay here and work. <laughs> You know, and he'd just have political parties and he'd play cards or whatever, I'm sure. Um, but he was a presence, although from a, a bit of a distance. And, I, you know, as I was born in 64, so it's all like, you know, much more hands-on. I've had a When I met my wife and we decided to breed, she said, I want this to be as 50-50 uh, as it can be. And it never works out like that, or it hardly does, I think. It's always comes down, there's always a bit more pressure on, on the mum, I think. 
but um, I spent a lot of time with them. I mean, much more time, you know, in a hands-on role than I think my father did. I'm not saying I'm a better father because he was he had my old man was of his time. But the things I remember about him, it wasn't just some cantankerous coot who'd make you laugh when he'd go up. Or he was an incredibly funny man. But he, when I wrote that book, I found out that I thought he was actually an incredibly decent human being who cared a lot about other people. And I thought, wow, what a, what a, what a grand old coot to, to have bred from. What a good man. Do you think that that's carried on in your life, though, that generosity of spirit? Well, I try to. I try to sort of... I try to instill that in my kids. I mean, I don't know. This is a sort of um, uh, a, a, a rule of anything, but I do like the fact that when I come home, there's always about five copies of the same big issue copy, you know, issue, because we, we will buy them. And, I've, and, you know, some of the things... I've seen my kids in action outside without them seeing me, and I thought, they're good people. I mean, they don't need to do anything other than be what they are to make me proud and to make me feel feel like I've I've done something worthwhile in my life because having two good souls as messy as they might be they they made me very happy so I think there's a lineage from um, my old man right through to them because my old man did this one great thing when we were both fifteen my brother and I uh, my brother's ten years older than him and he said come down to the beach I want to talk to you and I thought. <laughs> He's not going to give me the talk again. I said, I was thrown a copy of Where Did I Come From? <laughs> he had nothing all? to do with it. He read that. You're right, was that? Good. That was the last thing. I, you know, Don't touch your bad jams in public, he said. He used to call your, your penis and your tackle bad jams. Don't, ba- don't touch your bad jams in public. <laughs> I'd love to know where that comes from. Who knows? Bad jams. But he said, Come here, I want to tell you something. And I said, What, Dad? He says, Now listen, you're just going to say one thing. You ever touch a woman in anger? Ever? You're no son of mine. And I might be as silly as a wheel, I might be six feet under, but you are no son of mine. And he did have, that's old school parenting in a big way, but he had such store in the father bank that I went, "Mm, yeah, okay, I'll remember that. Um, And my brother later on, when we both, uh, the uh, boys were growing up, he said, wasn't that a great thing that dad said to us, really? I mean, he just banged it on the head a bit and... You know, I laid it on with Lockie and, you know, I, I think he's been a good person like that. I went, yeah. And then I heard later that my son uh, came by the school that he'd stepped into an incident that he'd seen on a, uh, a train station where it was something of a domestic situation and he was just sort of helping hold this chap back who was uh, not behaving honourably. And when I heard that, I thought, oh, my God, that is such a big deal to me, you know. Huge. Because I said that to him. Mm. And I said to him, I was trying to say, I'm so proud of you. Your, your grandfather would have been so proud. Do you remember what I said, what he said? He said, sort of, but I had to ring up Uncle Vaughan because you were going on so long I didn't quite understand. <laughs> <laughs> so even though the message may not have been relayed as concisely as my old man did, like direct and sort of man-to-man, I think I was waffling in some sort of, sort of moderate sort of, you know faux Mr. Brady way, he actually got it and he, yeah, they're good, they're, they're good people, my kids, I like them. And that's got as much to do with their mother as anything, I think. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with William McInnes. He's an actor and author of Fatherhood, stories about being a dad. We've just been talking about his own... Oh, he is having a cup of tea. tea. (laughs) Enjoying a cup of tea in the studio. That's what we like. Sorry. (laughs) 
A grown of satisfaction coming from William. Um, we are talking, we were just talking about his dad, um, but William now has two older children. And hearing you say that you can see them and you like who they are as people um, and that they're good people, I think that's what every parent wants their child to be, yeah, isn't it? I know. I used to, you know, I mean, like most people, I mean, I tend to think the best way to, you know, to, to give a kid a good sort of grounding and just get them to play team sport. Well, that's pretty old school. They don't have to be great at it, but they know how to work in a team environment. Um, and if it's not their bag, that's fine. But, you know, we used to joke at cricket uh, or, or, or lacrosse that we wanted our kids on a Milo tin by the time they were fit. That was just a bad joke that <laughs> we fathers had. Um, Dad's and bad jokes? Yeah. What? But it was so... <laughs> I mean, I couldn't... It's just weird in a way... Because my dad used to do this thing, like, we, we, got, we got a pool. It was a big deal. Like, we got a pool. And it turned out to be an above-the-ground pool. And I thought it was going to be a proper pool. And my <laughs> old man, son, for Christ's sake, son, son, you don't want those things. Bad concrete, they crack. They crumble. In. He goes, why do you think they swim so fast in the Olympics? <laughs> I remember when I was about 11, at the, it was the 74 Commonwealth Games, and a guy called Mike Wendon won. Australia. I said, look at him go, Dad. Will he get out before the pool clacks? <laughs> <laughs> my old man looking down at me said, oh, let's hope so. He shook his head and pointed to me. Like, I love that sort of, you know, bulldust thing that would get passed on as a joke. And then I remembered sort of, you know, this oh, little athletics used to do my head in. You know, <laughs> for about five, six years, you'd get down. I, I got stuck on the shot put pit. And there'd always be some parent with an agenda you know, Xavier hasn't been marked properly. I think, oh, you get it here and you do it, you know. But I remember going swimming was another thing. You had to time keep. And I was hopeless. I'd be chatting to someone and I'd have to make up times. <laughs> but then I did this one thing that I told my son, which he still laughs about. Because there was a photo someone took. I said, you know, if you pull your speedos up really high, you go fast. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. But there's a photo we've got of him. It's just like, it's so wrong. I think that's probably what you, I was going to ask you what you enjoy most about fatherhood, but I think that must be it, telling them things, telling them furfies. Well, I tell you what I do. I had a, an argument with my daughter over breakfast about um, something that she'd seen in the paper. And she said it was outrageous. This particular commentator had said something and I, I'm pretty conservative. But I said to you know, there's a part of the Australian character that you've just got to accept is going to be like that, and it's not great, and it is marginalising, but that person and their ilk is never going to change there. And she just shredded me. She shredded me. And I went, oh, hang on. And then a part of me thought, she's like a mum, but she's her own person, and, you know, she's 18, and she's decided that it's not good enough. And I thought, great, you know. It sort of made me think maybe I was a bit like that when I was 18. But she had a bit more juice than I did. And I thought, wow, you are really impressive. Um, and I was incredibly proud of her, even though she wouldn't talk to me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> she was calling the ultimate middle-class white man, you know, which was pretty funny. And your big super Volvo, your big punsy hat, and your brand-name shirts, <laughs> your boat shoes. <laughs> you... Um... Your wife, Sarah, passed away in 2011, which is effectively, it's half of your kids' lives mm. you've been a solo parent. 
how have you handled that? Because I know I find, well, parenting's challenging for everyone, right? Sure. But it's, when you've intended to have children with another person, they're always the sounding board for yeah. when things get challenging or if it's different sexes and you're like, well, how do I deal with puberty with my daughter if you're a man or with my son if I'm a woman? How did you manage those hurdles? Well, you don't really manage them by yourself. I mean, people might think you do, but there's a lot of family and friends and, you know, the schools those kids went to were great. I mean, you know, they smothered my daughter a bit, but with the best of intentions. Um, uh, so they were great. They, they, the schools and the family and friends were great. Uh, it is hard. You'd realise how much... I realised how much Sarah, my wife, did, uh, how she was such a, a bulwark and a, um, a real foundation of their lives. Uh, I, I, I think, I mean, I don't know how it will play out in their lives. Um, I know that we all sort of helped each other, I think. It wasn't just me being Papa Bear sort of thing because I think they um, they helped me a lot. They They, you know... They, they they looked after me as much as I looked after them, um, but you you can never tell what 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 echoes will 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 come back to them in their life. But we muddled along together a lot. We hunkered down and we formed a little new little family unit, which was interesting. And we started doing things we used to do when we were a family, like shopping, which I found incredibly therapeutic. Like I'm going down to the shops. Do you want to come? And they'd stop and they'd come with me. And, you know, sometimes it was very funny and moving and just dumb and a hassle, but it was comforting. And that sort of stuff is 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 is, is something, I think, which... I mean, if you lose... If you lose... If someone dies from a family unit, I don't think you should ever listen to anyone who gives you steps. You work it out by and large by yourself. That's not to say that you shouldn't go and seek uh, some sort of help or counselling more for that. But in a way, you do recognise the loss and you deal with it um, as much as you can. You never suppress it. And you never, you never it lessens. You know, it comes back with, a, with an aching hurt. Um, and I, I feel so sorry that they lost their, their mum, that she died, because she was such a cracking piece of humanity. Um, but, you know, you, 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 you get through it. And, you know, the whole, the whole... And it's funny, you laugh a lot. We, you know what we did? We watched a lot of Friends. Right. We just... one what We had a half an hour, we went and bought the, the, the box set of it. And we just watched it all the way through. And I don't know why that was soothing. I think it was because it was a group of people who were friends and treated each other with, with love. And then we moved on to Seinfeld, and that's when we thought, oh, we're getting a bit better because we've got a group of people who are so mean <laughs> to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. But it, it's a funny thing what, what happens. I mean, you know, you try your best. And you're this, along the way, you get those disastrous moments. Like, yeah, I'm going through a DFO, and I think, oh, I would walk past, I get some socks and jocks, and I walk past, oh, there's a brand name bra shop and they've got a special so I go through and I'm looking at the things oh, right. I said a couple of sports, sports bras for you darling and they go oh thanks dad and then they come back at you at a million miles an hour and they're maternity bras <laughs> and then you stand there going well no 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 they haven't they were, they were on sports bras you know they were on the sports bras they were on the sports bras she's probably bras. flattered that you thought her boobs were that big oh my god <laughs> she's the ultimate white man oh, it's not my fault what do you do you find out that you do go into that 
<laughs> Middle age. Oh, my fault was over there. Someone, someone said, "Can you remember that person?" No, I can't. I can't remember that person at all. You know. Did you but go someone, find um, where did I come from and throw it at them as well? <laughs> where did I come from when I had it. I can remember my. That was a funny night because we went down to my primary school, Humpy Bong Primary School. They had a in the <laughs> oh, library God. and they played a when you knew seven yeah, and twelve. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and you'd go there. And yeah, they, you know, the fathers would just disappear. You could hear them playing, <laughs> telling blue jokes, or playing two up, having a fag. Yeah, well, you think the dolphins are going to win this? Well, they play that muddy Merv cook they were. And then you'd be watching this sort of <laughs> the salmon swim upstream. <laughs> they are going to spawn. Something with them, them tells them they must go, even though there are challenges. And there's this great big bear eating them. <laughs> Life must go on. And then you. Oh! There's a coyote howling at the moon. You think, what the, what's going on? And then you walk home and the old man goes, you're right with that then? Yeah, yeah, I got that, Dad. <laughs> it's like, you know, one of the worst things that ever happened, which was sort of funny, I got, I used to sort of skive off with my sister's Cleo, a cosmopolitans. Oh, dear. And sort of <laughs> flip through, oh. <laughs> my old man was was coming down. He was he brought up a bag of cement in the back veranda for some reason, and I'm looking at the at, at the the August was the issue because that was the swimsuit issue. He <laughs> says, "What are you looking at that for? What's he looking at that for? It's got the nude coot in it." <laughs> and my mother goes, "He's looking at the underwear advertisements, the, swim, <laughs> the swimsuits." And you know, my dad says, "Oh, that's all right then." <laughs> Later on, no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, different I, world, different world. I, Although you know that sort of thing is. I think I'd like to think. Yeah, it's a, that's funny because that that's. I mean, that's sort of funny and faux cute in a way. That's like circa nineteen seventy seventy six or something. Like that. But you know, with, with, the, with the way the accessibility of information and images and all sorts of things on the net, I think it's very. It's important. not too far away from what we, where we are now. No, but you've got to actually. I think try to tell your kids that. That's not humanity. It's a part of humanity. It transacts, but what you see and what you—what's—that's not humanity. There's nothing quite like one to one and treating people with respect. I mean, I don't want to go too Jesuit. Cause, you know, oh no, no, that's a uh, great place to end. Oh, not, not going too Jesuit. <laughs> <laughs> end Trent, is it? <laughs> my father used to say, "Jesuits, they think they know things because they read books. <laughs> in the trenches with us." <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, I've got to stop now. I'll start snorting like you do. <laughs> William, thank you so much for thank coming you. in. And that was a lovely cup of tea. <laughs> it's William McInnes. He's an actor and author of Fatherhood Stories About Being a Dad. And we'll have links to his book on our website. Just head to kindling.com.au. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website, just head to kindling.com.au.